everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we have with us a good friend of ours, Mr. Steve Kleinadler. Hey, Steve. Hey. Hey. Thank you both for having me on. I'm very excited to have you on. I'm so, you know. Likewise. So Steve is um, originally from uh, Michigan, um, has spent time out in the Philly improv scene and is now out in Boston. Um, And yeah, I know the way that I know you, Steve, is is from the times that you come home to visit Michigan. uh, I get to play with you um, every once in a while when you hop into a set uh, and I'm lucky enough to be uh, part of the team that you jump into. Uh, And you're one of my favorite people to play with. Uh, So I'm really and, and talk shop with. So I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, I, I yeah. when I, I I love the fact that Go Comedy is uh, there. Um, when I go back to Michigan uh, and there's not a lockdown, uh, I always stop by, and it's uh, it's I, I love playing with everyone there. It's, it's always, it, even though I even though it started up long after I left Michigan, it's still like coming home in a lot of senses of the word. Yeah, totally. And of course, there's okay. uh you know typically diff. Um, where we get to hang out with you and talk. <laughs> and, there uh, we go. <laughs> representing a the shameless plug. This is yeah. imaginary <laughs> diff. The 2020 um, thing that never happened, but it's oh, a great t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, and again, like uh, running into you at, at diff, and uh, anytime we're in the same neighborhood, talking shop is always a, a lot of fun. So, um, okay, the topic for this episode is going to be conflict versus argument or conflict and argument. And basically what, what we have in mind with this topic is, um, you know, that there's, uh, conflict can be a negative thing. Um, if it is just kind of like making the scene stagnant, but it can arguably, arguably be like a necessary thing for story to evolve. And, uh, that includes a standalone scene has, has its own little story to it. And right. some form of conflict generally, can be said to exist in there. So we want to talk about like, what is the difference between conflict that drives and helps story and a scene versus arguments that are just seem to be going nowhere or hindering the scene. Right. Um, usually when I, uh, am a coach or teaching an improv class, uh, I, I started teaching at improv Boston back in 2003, continued on when I uh, moved to Philadelphia in 2011. And now I'm back in and done a coach a lot of teaching over the years and most of my thrust is relationship based and it was funny because i'm coaching um a group of um for the for the vintage improv festival which is uh, a 50 plus uh, uh, people who are 50 plus and uh, i'm doing a workshop series for them and we just had a rehearsal last night a class last night and this came up there was a really great scene these at the end one of the students was like oh you know we were arguing but i was always told not to argue but you know da, 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 da. and i'm like well Sometimes we say in improv one one not to do this, not to do that. And it's as a way of like getting over this default mechanism of instantly agreeing uh, with someone or, you know, going into that. I can't pay the rent type of scenario. Um, but you're, you're, you're past that now. And in the scene that these two actors had done, um, there was, you know, an argument, but the point of the scene wasn't about the argument. We learned so much about the relationship between the two characters 
in the course of the argument that the argument was secondary to the scene. It was a it was a template over which we saw the enrichment of these two characters. Um, when I teach, one thing I really hammer home is you know use your silences, um, listen to your body. You know don't say things that are untrue to what you're indicating, and they were really keyed into each other and they were reading off each other. And uh, I forget the exact nature of the argument, but it, 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 the mechanics of the argument weren't important at all. We learned their relationship to each other, their relationship to a now deceased parent. Um, it was an engaging, interesting scene. Um, and that's a long way of saying is arguments per se aren't bad. An argument without a relationship beneath it is tedious. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen it before. Um, I've certainly seen it before. It, it, there's no point, like many conversations in improv, if there's no relationship basis behind it, it's just kind of empty words with people talking to each other, neither person listening to the other side. We don't mm -hmm. learn anything about these people. The two characters don't learn about each other. The two actors aren't connecting. So I think in a lot of times when we say don't argue, it's because arguments tend to bring out those bad habits. But if you are really focused on character and your scene partner, um, you can do almost anything and make it usable because you're focusing on the relationship. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. The perfect answer. Uh, I, I completely agree because if you don't have that relationship and you have an argument, what's the stakes? Right. Like, right. What do you win with this argument that with a stranger? You're never going to see the person. It's a conversation on a plane. Right. You'll never <laughs> see this person again. Right. So who cares? Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. And we it, there's that one on one thing. It's like you know, always know your scene partner. Never be strangers. Yeah. And last night, um, the, the two of my students did a, well, they're not my students, they're people taking a workshop from me, did this fantastic scene where it, it turned out that they were two strangers who went to um, the waiting rooms of maternity wards, not because they or their partners were having children, but they just liked being in a place where there was joy because life was coming into being. And, you know, afterwards, wow. yeah, it was amazing. And afterwards- That's the, 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 one of the students is like, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't know each other and we're not supposed to be strangers. So, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, your relationship was you were two people who found joy in this mm -hmm. shared thing. And that's totally fine. So yeah. at some point in everyone's improv career, you have to assess what 101 rules were there as like safety wheels, yeah. training wheels that you can take off um, or not worry about. Um, it was such a rich scene. Um you know, to shoehorn in this, you know, relationship would have been, been odd. Yeah. I, so, and, and I think that the, the way that I kind of, uh, phrase relationship differently so that people kind of don't need titles to associate it or, or even a history yeah. is like, it's just about how the characters feel about each other. And if they're not, if they're, yeah. if they're kind of ignoring each other or apathetic about sitting next to each other on a plane or, or waiting for a bus together, <laughs> That if they're not making each other feel any particular way, then it doesn't yeah. matter. But but if they're paying attention to each other and that makes them feel a certain way, that is a relationship. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I guess there is some ambiguity. I don't necessarily mean, you know, doctor, patient, sibling, sibling, parent, yeah. child, whatever. No, beyond that, what is the connection 
that yeah. these two people yeah. have. That connection is the relationship between them, as opposed to you know that that, that I'm an X, I'm a Y. We're going to solve crime. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, how do you like? Algebra squad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an ex. No, alive. no. I, I, I'll watch this. Let's... Um. So, how? Okay. So, first of all, let's 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 go back and kind of like unpack why it is that um people are kind of like discouraged from arguments or conflict. You know, it, it it's it's got a relationship with yes and 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 whatnot. Um, but. What what is the reason that we really steer people away from oh, conflict when learning? Two things it? there. Um, one early on, you know, arguments just devolved into like, you know, I like pink. No, you don't. You like green. Blah, 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 blah. We're not learning anything about it. Right. Um, often the ways that the problem is fixed, but not really, is all of these disingenuous yes statements that come before the but. I like green. I hear what you're saying and I agree with you, but no, you don't, you know, and fortunately, once you call students attention to this, they, they tend to pick up on it. You know, I'm all about simple, direct statements. And when, if you were, if, if, if you're going to, if you think you can get away with saying, but by, by prefacing it by how much you're listening and how much you're agreeing when you get to that, but you've just contradicted it when it's much stronger to chop all that off. Don't say the, but, and just say what was coming next. Um, So I I, I think, I think it makes for a good one-on-one, you know, rule because until you, there's the potential for just getting locked into this, um, exchange where neither side is listening and, you know, you, you, everyone's just, you know, putting on their water wings and trying. I, I think it's helpful in the beginning, but I think it gets internalized in ways that are unhelpful. And then uh, students have to unlearn that. Right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of students pick arguments in the beginning because showing anger is such an easy emotion to display. Yeah. And we kind of want to, push them away for that so they can show a range of emotions rather than, Oh, I'm, I'm angry guy all the time. Look at this character I'm playing bold choice. I'm making. Yeah. And you know, and in very early, uh, you know, not that I teach one-on-one that much. Um, but when I do, it's like, if, or if, 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 if they're angry, I'm like, okay, we'll be angry about the same thing, you know, be on the same page with your anger, you know, uh, be of like mind. Uh, I, I certainly my acting partner, Ralph Andracchio, who I'm in a uh, sad trombone with, you know, in our argument scenes, uh, you, you learn about these characters, you learn why they're angry, why they're distrustful right. in scenes that, that, that skew along that axis. I'm really going with the math metaphor today. Um, <laughs> asymptote for justice. <laughs> asymptote. Um, they, so, like what what about when um so so we we're kind of talking about like okay when what why do we steer people away from conflict but and then sometimes conflict is is okay but part yeah. of the part of the main question here that that uh I I also want to talk about is like in in a way almost like we redefined uh relationship being like um how you feel about each other, you know, and that, and that kind of makes it a more broad definition than just like what your title is. Um, conflict can also be kind of broadened up and, and, uh, 
in a way, it's kind of necessary because if you have this like yes and, uh, you know, even if you're not j- just playing lip service, uh, but just you know, uh, yes, I agree, and then like it, it is cold out. Let's put our jackets on. Yes, let's put our jackets on, and uh, let's start a fire. Like ooh, let's start a fire and have s'mores. It's like so. At at some point, it, it's not that something needs to. Um, be wrong or there doesn't necessarily need to be a problem but like conflict some kind of like something has to be introduced there before it just becomes like blah yes ending right exactly um you i mean good conflict is born naturally out of the situation um you know in your s'mores example um Perhaps you were reminded of how um, you were burnt the last time you made s'more. You know, whatever. There's a million things, but you can also take that in a positive direction too. But to arbitrarily, you know, choose bah, s'mores. S'mores are awful. I mean, you know, what, what, why, why, what is motivating that? You know, if I was, if I were an actor in a scene and my scene partner was doing that, I would be, you know, in that moment of insta calculation, be thinking, you know, th- they are angry, but in a, in, in, a, in, in a shallow way, in a surface way. This anger is on the surface. What's really going on here? Why did they feel this way? Why, you know, what, what did they get off me to do that, if anything? What are they getting out of yeah. this situation? What is in that that I can pick or use to inform why I'm there with them, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Or even like if it's if it's like I'm just trying to I'm thinking of like of like when if you don't have conflict, when when how how that becomes a problem, like because let's let's say that uh, you're in a scene that's like whatever that like we're 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 cold and we're going to make a fire. I'm just picturing the scene from uh, Dumb and Dumber with uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels. Um, But uh, you're they're 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 cold. They're making a fire uh, to keep warm. And even if like, even if like, um, it seems boring and then you're like, you're like, oh, okay. So, um, what's, how, how, uh, how's your week? And, it, and it's like, okay, well then the conflict can be that these two are, are feeling awkward and feel the need to, to make small talk with each other. That, that is a form of conflict. It doesn't have to be with each yeah. other. It, it's, it's like this, this tiny little thing that's like, you might not think about it as conflict, but really feeling awkward and wanting to break the ice with small talk is a type of conflict right so it's, it, so it's well, like thinking i think about in that, that regard um you're the, the the word conflict is being used almost as an umbrella term for um the the impetus for the tension yeah yeah you know? yeah yeah you know what is the tension in this scene we're we're around it we're on a fire we're friends you know we're talking there's some trepidation you know what what what's what's digging into that and 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 it all comes back to like listening not only to what your scene partner is saying but listening to what you yourself is are saying so many times people just blow through their opening bits and they're like i'm 30 seconds into the scene and i don't know what to do flail flounder throw more stuff at talk about the mats blah 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 you know and there had been so many things and it's like you know what you had marshmallows all along Mm-hmm. If you had stuck in and thought about the marshmallows and the graham cracker, you would have found something. You know, we keep dropping um, all of these wonderful gifts for the next shiny object, and when we run out of shiny objects, we go to the the the, the, the we go to the inventions instead of the discoveries, and then the scene's yeah. off the rails. But 
you're right. What is the impetus for the tension? What what is making this? What is why are we seeing this specific moment in time between these two characters? What's special about this campfire? You know, yeah. um, and maybe it's just a touching moment in time, and that's fine too. But it, 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 there's something. There's a reason why the audience has a window onto this moment between two characters whose existence existed before the scene and will continue to exist after the scene. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think uh, a mistake, you just mentioned it. People go so fast and all you have to do is attach a want to something you discovered in the first couple seconds. You know, I want marshmallows. That's, that's easy. all you need. That's easy. And then we'll discover why you want marshmallows because I'm a I'm a comfort eater, or yeah. I just haven't had one in a while. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. I, I found out I had diabetes, and I don't care. You know, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph and I, but Ralph and I together and singularly have been teaching workshops for years. Uh, I, I mean, sometimes we call it strong initiation. Sometimes we call it sustaining mm-hmm. a scene, and it's just all about paying close attention to those first couple moments and. You know, one thing that he and I have gotten good at is like if I'm watching two actors and there's this moment and there's a silence or whatever and someone moves in a certain way, but then they say something that's at odds with their body movement, you know, we'll be like, uh, uh, right there, what were you going to say? Say that. And yeah. the s- students are often caught off guard with like, how did you know I was not thinking <laughs> what I said? And, you know, I, and I've learned to spot it a mile away. Yeah. And almost always what they what they were going to say and didn't serves the scene so much better. Um, a lot of times they were like, well, you know, I didn't want to give away, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, you know, unless you were doing a short form guessing game, improv right. is not a guessing game. We're not trying to make the audience guess what we're thinking or what the, or, or, what, or we're not trying to make our scene partner yeah. guess what we're trying to think. Say what you feel. Say what you I mean. And you can build off it. I had so many students like, well, I was going to reveal that later. How are you? Gonna, how are you so sure that this scene isn't going to get edited before you reveal that information? Or how are you so sure that something isn't going to happen that would yeah. cause that information to become irrelevant? And you'll see these students. It's like after the scene shifts, it's like I got to say that thing, and then like it comes out of left field. It's like, yeah, right. it's, it's. I mean, unless you're literally doing interrogation uh, as a short form <laughs> game, there's 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 no. There's no need. It's it's not a guessing game. Yeah, we, and we actually kind of uh, talked about this a little bit on on Sunday, but I think we should. Uh, I would love to talk up more about it more in, in this context is um, because it's a tricky balance between doing what you guys are saying and it's like when you feel that something is true, express that thing and bring that to the scene. That can be a, a, a great, um, powerful choice. Uh, right. But also sometimes. Um, you know, whether it's like we were talking about calling out the game and how that can make it make it less fun if you kind of just name exactly what's going on sometimes as opposed to just like playing something. Yeah, I'm not talking so much about calling out what's going on. I'm talking about calling out what's going on. OK, how you feel like the, the, the emotional state. And it's more the, the, what I'm speaking about is more your internal drive as opposed to like we're martians and the vending machine is out of snickers yeah. you know yeah or but, but like you know what i'm thinking about the things types of things that i'm thinking about calling out um that can deflate the game or the tension is is like is like um oh you seem to get really worked up every time 
I talk about visiting mom. Like oh 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 great. First of all, I hate 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 the word always in scenes because no one says this in real life. You always do X when I say Y. Yeah, yeah. No, you rarely use that pattern in real life. And yes, what you're doing is you are calling out what you're seeing. That's a that's a, that's a thing that doesn't need to be said. If you know mm-hmm. that your scene partner knows that, play through that pattern. I'll get back to the pattern in a minute. Um, what anytime someone says you every time you always do X when I do Y is ninety five percent of the time shorthand for I'm mad at you. Rarely is the you always do X makes you happy. It usually makes people mad. Right. And I will side coach people to get to the point of like, well, how do you feel? Da, 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 da. And finally they're like, I'm mad at you. And I'm like, well, say that rather than saying you always, you know, you, you always pour yourself a glass of milk whenever ma, whenever, when, when, whenever I do the dishes and make noise, you always pour yourself a glass of milk. Well, that's stupid to call out, especially with something that's always done. We know it. Just say, you're making me mad right now and explore that. Um, I used the word pattern a few minutes ago um, and I use that instead of game only because there's so many schools of improv and every single one of them has a slightly different definition of game. Uh, many schools of improv approach game from a different angle. Um, I just never use the word um, and the parts of classical game that I I, I think are useful. I, I refer to it as pattern recognition. Like if you're good at game, you see what the pattern is. You And if you're really good, you're able to manipulate the pattern from inside the scene using your actor brain because you're marrying your actor brain with your character's inputs and thoughts. And it's like, okay, we've set up this thing that when X happens, Y happens. I can manipulate the scene to get that in action. Um, and, uh, uh, but I can do it without calling it out and I can do it without calling it out by focusing on how I feel, what my connection to my scene partner are, what are the, what are, what are, what are the discoveries that we're making, you know? Yeah. So that, that's really more along the lines of like, I, I, first of all, I love the term actor brain. Cause I'm, I'm always trying to be like, there are productive ways of being in your head and yes. kind of referring to it as the actor brain sometimes sometimes i think about it as like the overhead view of the scene or your yep. third eye but the yeah. uh, the actor brain it's it's like you inside of the scene you can apply what you know through the um the tool of of acting um, absolutely i think that's great it, um, and, and it's something that i think is coachable and teachable and i've done it and i start out by getting people to take pauses and to listen. And in the beginning, the pauses are long. Nothing you would ever want to do for an audience necessarily, but that's the whole point of class and workshops and rehearsals. And over time, that period of time condenses so that like in a microsecond, I can take stock of what's going on. I can be like, oh, jokey me wants to say this thing, but that would derail the scene. So I'm going to go with this. You know, it, it, it in the beginning, again, to go back to, to Ralph and me, at the top of every scene, we take that moment where we just make eye contact, we connect, and in that very short period of time, we've sized up the situation and can respond accordingly. And in those beat points within the scene, uh, you've got the luxury of time to take, the the, the more you rehearse this, the quicker that time takes. But absolutely, you've got 
you've got actor brain and you've got the performer thing and the, you know, certainly you're steering away, you're steering yourself towards good scene work by having been aware of what's been going on. And, and the best way to do that is just by listening. If you're on the sideline, you know, keeping a mental like, okay, this person said this, and this person said this, oh, and they did this, and I want to call this back later, oh, and there's a fun character. In that moment when you need something, you're, you're going to short circuit. Whereas if you're just on the sideline, actively listening, taking it all in, letting it go, 20 minutes later, when there's an edit point and you come on and you need something, it will be there because you were paying attention and you were listening and you weren't trying to categorize it. Yeah. 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 Then you act yourself. Boom. Take it off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how do you guys, when, if you're, if you're coaching, teaching in, in a scene or no, actually let me, let me, um, you as, as a performer, if you're in a scene where you're like, okay, we have our footing, we have our, what's going on. Like, like you're not lost. You're like, I know what's going on, but you feel like you haven't found, again, we don't need to call it the game or the tension or the, or the story, whatever, whatever it is. Like it hasn't taken off yet. Um, you know, I feel like that's a moment when a lot of students will, will be like, okay, let me create conflict. Um, but like, instead of that, what, what are some things that you guys do in that situation? Um, I, back when I was realizing that was a thing, one tool that I used to overcome that, um, was merely to repeat the first line of the scene, something that happened early on. Um, and which is an, another great reason for keeping the beginning of a scene simple. We don't need a full monologue at that point. That's an exposition dump. Um, just pure repetition, you know, going going back to one. And then, you know, you've done this little 30-second thing and you don't know where to go. Well, if you go back to one, you do another loop around the track. You're just reestablishing the pattern, as it were. Um, it, it, I, I, it, it's so secondhand with me now that... Um, I think that if I'm ever in that point where I don't know where I'm at, I would probably repeat something. But, you know, the beauty with working with Ralph, he and I have worked together now for eight or nine years, is like we can just look at each other in the eyes and we've got it and we know it. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of working with a duo for so long is that you've got that shorthand, you know. Uh, If I were, you know, like doing a show with five or six random people at an improv festival, I don't know what I, I would, I would probably, I would probably resort to uh, repetition or just stronger listening. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it is funny. It's like, it's like a kind of slowing down or zeroing in. We're like uh, either, either slowing down or going back to what's already been done are the or answers both. or both. Um, yeah. When, when the intuition f- like early on is, is like, either pick up the pace or create something new and it's like um it's funny that that's counterintuitive but but, you know what about for you bob um if if nothing has happened yet i you know what i just start interacting with the environment just start it this building this world around me until you know and and see how that affects the other person yeah like steve said you just gotta like really pay like 
start focusing in on everything and it'll, it'll become more clear. Um, I, I don't want to just pick something out of, you know, error and it's like, well, today's the day I'm going to tell you I hate you. Um, <laughs> which was, would be a, a move I would have done in my, my first year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I like that environmental move a lot too. Yeah. 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 It can be so rich and it can be so simple. Especially if I do something that, that, you know, takes care of a need. So if to go back to building a fire, so let's, let's just build a fire. Let's just see what happens. And, and then we just have conversation until something pops and then yeah. I'm all over it. Yeah. You like know? building a fire, I would, you know, pick up the knapsack next to me because you take yeah. this fires, reach in. And as I, uh, something I tell my students, it's like, just reach in and grab something. Your hand will know what it is before your brain does. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, yeah, it's, I, I'm, this is just confirming all the reasons why I love to talk to you, Steve, because, because you, you are, you are saying in slightly yeah. different words, things that, that I are, are like, uh, big, uh, t- talking points in my like approach and philosophy and, and tools and stuff, um, reaching out and, and, uh, letting your body inform what the thing is, um, is a great thing. I, th- I think also, Bob, um, going to the environment in a moment of like lull or feeling like, uh Oh, I don't even know if it's necessarily, uh Oh, but you, there's just that moment of recognition yep. that like, we don't have something to drive into or to push, uh, the button on r- right now. And, um, I think people undervalue how much visual engagement and world building, uh, can keep the audience entertained, even if they're not laughing. So that if you, are, and, and, and object work and space work is a huge part of that to just like interact and build a three-dimensional space on stage that the audience is with you like uh, yeah. in, involved in the scene. So so that can kind of take away um, the like that that little pull to worry or start getting nervous well, about. Especially if you can do something that is adjacent to the environment you've already created. But still slightly unusual. Like, so if we're doing a camping scene, I've seen a lot of people try, you know, do the fire move. So what if you're popping up your own camper? That's something that no one's seen. Like, something unusual that it'll take both your scene partner and the audience a couple of beats to get all on board with. You know, like, what is this? You know, uh, maybe some people in the audience don't even know what that looks like. So you, you, if you have to cement it with, a, you know, a line or two of dialogue. But it's, yeah, it, 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 it holds their attention. Tying in with that, um, I think it's really important whether you're making a s'more or putting up a camper, take your time with the mime. Um, mm-hmm. It's like if you're making s'mores and you make a s'more in three seconds, what do you do now? You've got to make another s'more or it either turns into the Lucille ball at the chocolate factory scene, or you drop the s'mores and move on to something else. Take a minute and a half to make a s'more, you know, Um, or to set up a camper that's going to take the entire length of a scene. You could do do an entire mono scene in the time it takes to put up a camper. Um, You know, making a sandwich, take a minute and make a sandwich. Um, You know, Tie your shoe in real life. When is the last yeah. time we thought about the mechanics of tying our shoes while actually yeah. tying our shoes? Right. You yeah. know, like if the next time you tie your shoe, think about what you're doing. It'll help yeah. you on stage the next time you have to tie a shoe. But these things take real time. And when we blow yeah. through them for something to do, then we're done with it and we have to find something else to do. 
and if you do go longer than you do in real life, the audience is going to make a connection there that maybe you weren't trying to project, but it's like, oh, this guy's really into blank. You know, like, oh, this is a meticulous person or character, and they really, they're really, they're really focused. Yeah, and- eons ago, I mean, this is like 15, more than 15 years ago, um, I had a workshop with Susan Messing, and one of the, um, one of the people on stage was gutting a fish, only they didn't know how to gut a fish. And, you know, it, 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 as Susan pointed out there, and I realized it's like, you know, it doesn't really, the mechanics of gutting a fish doesn't matter. The person gutting the fish was invested in it and in, 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 in their mind was gutting a fish yep. and it worked. And so, you know, the scene partner was like, well, I didn't know. I mean, they knew the scene partner knew that a fish was being gutted because it was being, it had been brought up in conversation, but couldn't follow the mime, which was, you know, irrelevant um now i can't remember exactly what susan said but it was golden (laughs) (laughs) yeah we can we can assume (laughs) what susan said was golden but um but yeah and that's it's it's like the investment matters more than um than the legitimacy of of what you're doing because bob mentioned it in context of like the argument arguing is like there you are not the person that is trying to win this argument. If you if you legitimately win for the character, that win is completely gone after the scene is over. The fish right. you like there is no fish. So if you doing a good job at it versus doing a bad job has the same result. No fish. <laughs> like um that type of yeah, that type of yeah. argument is is Oh. Not only unnecessary, I mean, it just, it also doesn't reflect reality. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. <laughs> well, especially in a world where people don't do enough uh, object work as it is, why are you trying to get through your first object work to find something else to do? Just stick to the, <laughs> take your time, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself the gift of time. Yeah. Oh my God. Having a repetitive motion to do is yeah fantastic if if i can fold towels an entire scene long i'll fold towels an entire scene long yeah yeah really i mean it's, it is you're, you're like I could, I could do this for the whole scene like that's such a a great place to be mm-hmm. um going back to the arguments thing is is like uh my brother brought up this uh term or the good faith and bad faith uh arguments and um i i, I had heard it before in philosophy um a long time ago but i hadn't really thought about it in in terms of um approaching a conversation or an argument we were basically talking about uh you know people in like in like politics or or whatever social arguments um on facebook and bullshit where it's like are people really trying to hear each other or are they just trying to argue to win and really knowing that that like with 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 the conscious or unconscious uh, uh uh perspective that like i'm in this conversation and my mind is not going to change and down deep i know that the person i'm talking to is not going to change their mind as a result of this conversation and it's like that's bad enough in real life probably even worse in um in uh improv or or in fiction cuz it's like you're you're just giving another layer to uh, pointless arguments. Yeah. The same things with devil's advocacy. I mean, yeah. we're we're at a point where I don't need to, I don't 
I, you know, I, I, I don't need a college philosophy 101 dude bro coming at me with some devil's advocate argument. And uh, it also makes likewise for improv. I don't really need to need to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like that difference in like bad faith where you're not participating with an honest uh, willingness to hear and be influenced or um, right. uh, an expectation of, of anything to change. Yeah. Yeah. And that honesty ties in. And it also, I mean, you as an improviser, you have to be receptive to your scene partner. And that means yeah. listening and responding. And if you're coming at the scene as a stone wall and not, and refusing to budge or listen or be affected, like, Going to stand up. I mean, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. just you oh. and what you have to say are directed at the audience. Um, totally, but yeah, I th that's yeah. that's probably to me, you know, uh, a good kind of like question to ask yourself if you're if you're in an argument or or a conflict and maybe whatever, like like whoever you are as an improviser, if if you're like, uh oh, is this um, bad conflict or good conflict? You know, uh, asking yourself like. Am I am, is my character in it f to uh, for that relationship? Steve is is like uh, is my character in it to actually learn and grow and change uh, their side or the other side, or right. does it feel like you're just kind of playing ping pong with uh, an assigned position? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And even to expand on that, is it? you can also think of that change as not necessarily a changing B, but a and B changing together at the same time in a hypotenuse. <laughs> Going back to algebra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you're right. That, that, that they're changing together. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess we're, we're kind of both talking about real well, life and improv now, but like it's about yes. it's not about one person yielding or losing versus one person gaining and winning. It's about both people changing for the better because of the conversation. Yes. Yep. And I think that's the best way to have an argument seen is to both play it from a vulnerable place with, with a strong relationship, because if you care, you're going to listen better. You're going to and be more willing to change or meet someone halfway. Right, right, right. You know, and and. For the actor brain, you have to realize your part, your scene partner is trying to give you something, so you have to take it and and use it uh, rather than try to outwit them. It's Actors, not it's not a competition that way. Yeah, yep. performers. Some performers are so um, they, they 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 don't know what to do when they get what they want. Like yeah, at the top right. of the scene, I want this thing. And the other, the scene partner it. goes and gives it to them. And it's like, <laughs> well, I don't want that one. Or this isn't any good. You know, it's like, you just got what you wanted. Why are you yeah. not happy? You yeah. know, like when you get what you want, celebrate that, you know, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> if you are yelling at someone because you want something and they give it to you, that's a win. That's, you that's know? funny. I'd like, just because I would love to see a scene like, where somebody goes like, like I want your car, and they go, "Here you go," and the person goes, "Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, this is great." Oh, thank you so much. Uh -huh. Like to to have it really matter, as opposed to being like, like, oh shit, yeah. now it's like, uh, oh, you know, yeah. to be prepared to celebrate is a really now? great direction. Do I have to drive this thing. Yeah, how do yeah, I yeah. drive? Oh, <laughs> we 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 started off in the living room. How am I supposed yeah. to get to the garage? The stage ain't big enough. I don't, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, where they get like, in the car and they crash, you know, uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, because they're too excited. Like, you know, as long as make it matter is is kind of like the rule of thumb to me is Absolutely. is just like uh, yeah, yeah. whatever you want or or whatever the conflict argument, uh, the, the, even the stranger thing is is like make what's going on matter. Uh, yeah. Is a basic rule. Well, yeah, and you know the whole thing about needing things or wanting. I mean not want wants, but like, you know, predicating a scene about needing to have a specific object that someone has or needing a specific object that is missing or is lost. Often that's just a stall to get, you know, what you want. And, and that's one of the first improv things I learned. Um, I can, it was a long time ago. <laughs> 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 you don't want to say what year oh no, no i will I, I i don't want to come off like a name dropper but it's oh, come sure, up. Sure. uh no in uh 1986 uh my college improv troupe had a workshop with del close and sharna and the one thing i remember about that weekend um well two things one it was hands across america and we had a hard time getting home um but okay. It was the weekend of it. Is that what legitimately like like the, like you couldn't get past I, I the, the link of using people? it as a reference? Oh, that's that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It was that weekend we drove from Michigan into um, Chicago. But the the only thing I remember about that weekend long workshop was basically you know have what you need. And you know when that was articulated, it was like, oh, that makes so much sense. You know totally. why was I not having everything I need. It becomes something you don't have to worry about it. And it, it like not having what you need, the scene becomes about getting that thing. And then if yep. you get it, then what, mm -hmm. if you don't get it, the audience is like, what? Oh, I'm going to name drop one other thing. One of the best, another awesome piece of advice <laughs> I got from Joe bill out in Chicago. Uh, the no audience member ever left a show saying gee i really wish they'd fixed that bike yep <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's too bad for that, that bike you know <laughs> isn't that an awesome quote i yeah. love joe billisms yes yes yeah. <laughs> i i mean i probably heard that 20 years ago and i i, I still use it because it's it's so true absolutely you know? yeah yeah i love the have what you need thing and and i think that 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 goes back to like a, a pretty practical um, early improviser uh, yeah. rule because it addresses um, you know those moments when new improvisers are like uh, not used to creating the world uh, right in front of them as quickly so it's like oh okay well I'm in a um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm a plumber and I need to fix this uh, sink Where's my wrench? It's like you have your wrench on you. You're a plumber. <laughs> yeah, you always have your wrench. But but it it can be like because you don't see it as a new improviser and yeah. and you're not in that space yet it, that it's like oh okay easy answer I don't have it because I don't have it in real life. But I love the the have what you need. Um, yeah yeah that, that's a really great um, thing. And speaking of Chicago, after um uh, you know I, I ended up moving to Chicago and took some classes at the players workshop of second city, but then I went into scripted theater for a really long time. And it wasn't until I moved to Boston and started getting back into improv. Um, and you know, it's, I recommend improv to every actor and I remember, and I recommend acting classes for every improviser. I think the two, 
um, skills really lend each other to each other's craft. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of like subunits of the same craft, but right. um, yeah, I, I, I got a lot out of, you know, stage acting and watching and specifically like if you find yourself in a play like watch the director how does the director communicate with the cast um how do they you know get what they want if they're a good director that is you can use a lot of those tools in, you know when you direct or teach uh improvised uh material yeah yeah and actually well that that's a that point kind of brings us full circle to, to um, the heart of this question about conflict, because I think in, in acting and in theater, in drama, uh, conflict is what drives the story. No conflict, no story. And um, I think that there, for good reason, we, we've kind of uh, curtailed that um, because, you know, comedies and, and, and a written plot and, uh, you know, dramas that there's reasons why we kind of disassociate uh, the idea of conflict uh, from uh, improv, but I think getting over that hump and returning to that truth, which I've mm -hmm. now kind of uh, re-believed, re whatever the word is for that, <laughs> really? uh, is that no no conflict, no story. Like some form of conflict, right. it just it just is. You have to um, liberate your understanding of what conflict, how we're, uh, conflict uh, manifests itself. Yep. Um, this has been an awesome, awesome conversation, Steve. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much wow. for joining us. That went so fast. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> thank you. Pretty wild. I just looked at the time, like, oh, we're winding down. Oh, I oh, know. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it, we're making up for lost time not being able to uh, have these conversations with you in, in person, uh -huh. Steve. Um, yeah, man. Well, thank you. But uh, so before we let you go, um, are there things going on in the virtual world? Anything at all that you want to plug? Um, the few things that I'm doing are actually occurring between the taping and the time this airs live. Gotcha. Uh, but Ralph and I, as said, trombone, we've done a few uh, online festivals. We're doing the Philly Free Fringe Festival now, and we'll probably pop up. Uh, and it, we're having fun. Um, what we did, we're, we're playing with this virtual world. One thing that we did is uh, we did a scripted reading we transcribed one of our old shows and then it did a scripted stage reading of it and oh, we got cool. a friend of ours uh letitia to read the stage directions which were you know really goosed up for the point <laughs> of this it was a lot of fun it worked in a it, it worked in a really cool way um yeah wow so i, I think there's certain I, I think duos work really well um over in, in a zoom context yeah. um i've seen i, I think some some forms don't work as well in a virtual environment, but you know what? In months or years, we'll come back to them. And uh, it's, it's just trying and seeing what works for, you know, you as a performer individually. Yeah. Well, so, and I love the, uh, the, the idea of a table read. And, um, but you, you said you transcribed a previous show of yours? Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, and you, yeah. you recorded it, it's available somewhere online now. Yeah. We, some of our shows are like on YouTube, you know, Okay. and, uh, uh we, we, uh, we sat and we took turns transcribing it, uh, and adding in stage directions and then <laughs> read it like a stage play. That's awesome. That's I so love that. cool. Fun. <laughs> and like some of the audience members were people who saw the show the first time around 
And, you know, afterwards we had questions like, what was this enjoyable at all? And like, they loved it. It's like, oh, I remember, oh, wow. the, you know, it was like this weird thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it was fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. we can link to um, it, any any of the videos that uh, you want to have linked here. Um, we'll make sure that they end up in the description. Um, anything else mm -hmm. you wanted to plug? Uh, no. Um, go um, do good things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good plug. Yeah, yeah well said. Yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. Thanks so much again for uh, joining us, Steve. Um, and for yeah. our listeners, uh, you are either watching this on YouTube or Facebook. Um, our YouTube channel is where you can find all the most complete and current content. You can also find uh, most of the video content on Facebook, and you can find these at length conversations as a podcast, the audio only, anywhere podcasts are found. Um, thanks for joining, and we will catch you next time on Improv FAQ at length. Bye. 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 Awesome. Bye. Bye.